right, everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by Anchor. As a reminder, Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app to get started on the App Store or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. Monday, June 22nd, 2020. My name is Jake, and I'm without my co-host today in Will, one half of the podcast. As the listeners know from the last time around, he is recovering from tonsil surgery. I've been talking to Will this whole week. He is doing well. He is in a lot of pain, but he is recovering. Uh, I have been told that he is starting to get some solid foods down, which is good. It's been a a couple of days since the surgery. That's fucking brutal. It's a major surgery. Um, So send your positive vibes to Will. He's going to be cranking content on Instagram and Twitter because he can't talk. So you'll see some of his work this week for sure. Um, this is a beer episode, folks. This is very exciting. We've got two really, really good guests. Uh, we're going to be talking to Mike O'Toole from the Wart Podcast and then Ryan Denson, who you may know as the Boston Beer Guy on Instagram. Boston underscore beers. He just basically reviews a bunch of beers and um, <laughs> it's almost like a lifestyle brand. It's really cool. Ryan's a, an awesome guy. He was fun to talk to and so is Mike, obviously. Mike is a... Uh, a real baller, and he's done some great work with the Warp Podcast. Um, we pre-recorded these with Will last week before he went in for surgery, so you'll hear his voice on there, which is good. And our interview for next week as well, he's also going to be on there. So I'm just on here for a couple of minutes to, to keep things current, to talk about things that are happening uh, in the sports world and the business world per usual. But first... It wouldn't be right unless we did a quick cheers. So I uh, had a beer this past weekend, and I'm not drinking it now, full disclosure. Lawson's Finest Liquids, they're no stranger to this podcast. Sip of Sunshine, some say the best IPA in New England. I had something called the Space In Between this week, and I had never really known any other Lawson's Finest Liquids beers. Um, except I should say maple nipple, which is more of the, I think that's like a stout or an amber ale or something like that. But space in between, they call it an undefined ale, very hazy, very hoppy. I think they probably dry hopped it. They've got galaxy and Nelson Sauvin in it. Um, my review, I, I had it up by the fire last night. Good summer beer. It's very fruity. So it'll hold nicely if that's what you like. I know. The, the sour folks would probably enjoy it. It's not a sour beer by any means, but it, it's more of an American ale than an IPA or a, a sour beer. But it's brewed with passion fruit puree. So I normally am not the biggest fan of those fruity beers. I, I actually really enjoyed this one. I'll, I'll give it a 3.75 out of 5 on the untapped scale. Very good summer selection, and I'll leave it at that. Um... Lawson's Finest Liquids is an interesting one because they are one of the premier groups up in the Northeast up here. They brew their IPAs, and especially Sip of Sunshine, actually, right down the road from where I'm recording this podcast right now in Monroe, Connecticut. They review it over, or I should say they brew it, rather, over at Two Roads in Stratford, Connecticut. So they brew that over there. They brew a couple of different beers over there. I think they brew Maple Nipple over there, too. But somehow their product just keeps getting better. 
Zip of Sunshine keeps getting better as the uh, as the days go on and as the years go on. So I I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm a big fan of their work, and I, I would love to get up there in Vermont at some point. So if you've got more Lawson's recommendations or any beer up there, honestly, send them our way because we'll we're, we're probably going to make a trip at some point, but we're also going to try to find them in the local area in Rhode Island for sure. Um, so that's beers. It's, it's pretty quick because our, our whole podcast is pretty much beer today. Our, our guests are going to be talking a lot of beer and the business of beer too, which is nice. Uh, so tying everything together nicely. Let's talk about business real quick. Nothing crazy in the market last week in particular. Um, very stagnant week. I'm talking about the week of June 15th, of course. It's been booming for the past couple of weeks. Um, the week before uh, last week was a little bit of a tough week, and it's starting to kind of creep back up to those numbers. But as a whole, the market's still down from its performance in May, for sure. There's one stock that has a lot of people raving. Um, <laughs> this is something that the day trading community and the, the fintech community is also getting crazy about, or fintwit, I should say, finance Twitter. Um, Ideonomics, which is, the symbol is I-D-E-X, which all of you day traders on Robinhood should know at this point. They brand themselves as a global fintech company, and I, I did a little digging into this because it's kind of vague, you know, it's global, it's it's fintech, awesome, it sounds like it's, you know, they're working on new innovative shit, great, but seems like everybody, right? So, looked into it, and it seems like it's a holding company for many of the new and the, the transformative companies and all that stuff, and, and in doing a little more digging, they're basically financing all the electric vehicle deals. So... You had the spike of Nicola Corp a couple of weeks ago, which we took to the bank on Twitter, for sure. We were making memes left and right of the Spider-Man, like, what the fuck is going on with the whole Elon Musk creating Tesla and then this other guy creating Nicola Corp to compete with Tesla. What the fuck are they doing? But they basically, uh, IDEX, Ideonomics, has been getting orders these past couple of weeks for electric vehicle deals. So... Their stock naturally is rising, and it's actually grown seven times in value since June 4th. It's about not even three weeks, and started around $0.38, cents and we're over the $2 mark now. People say that there's going to be even more of a payout. They're, they're getting a plan together for dividend payouts soon, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, if you had put a lot of money on this, you would have <laughs> made seven times back. If you'd invested at the $0.38 cents mark, you'd be, and, and you know, you throw down a grand, you're getting 6K. Which is really good, and I think it, the, the analysts are saying that's still a buy stock, too. It's still, you know, they're projecting the current value to even double. So, you're talking 14 times the initial investment. I, I need to hop in more, first of all. I need to, I think I got in a little too late and I didn't invest enough, I... My return's still pretty good. It's about 15, 20%, but pales in comparison to seven times the value and 700% of your return for sure. Um, that's the stock of the week from us this week. Pretty good look because this is only growing. I mean, we, we had our eyes on Express Spa who didn't necessarily have a great week and that's 
that's a hold stock right there. Express bot is hold, 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 and just hang on tight until they get it together. The thing about Express bot, XSPA is the ticker. We talked about it a lot last week. Express bot is in charge of all of the COVID screenings at airports, and they they have to build out the infrastructure and all this stuff, and essentially, they uh, they have to get their plan together. So, until they have a concrete plan and start rolling out the hardware, it's going to be something that you don't necessarily see a huge return on right off the bat. So, hang on tight. If we if you made the choice to buy Express Ball last week and you're like, what the fuck, guys? You fucked me over. Get, hold on tight. Hold on tight, man. That's, that's what I've got on the market for you. No big business news, really, either. No big acquisitions. No big... Uh, crazy moves to write home about other than people getting canceled in the media for sure which is that's something i'll bring up quickly too uh for those of you that know chris delia a lot of our listeners know him pretty well a comedian one of the better uh or, or more exposed person on netflix and the around social media and all that stuff man did he go crashing down uh, allegations against him of um Getting involved potentially in a sexual relationship with a 16-year-old, I believe, which for those of you that have seen you on Netflix, he, it was quite a, a spitting image of his character Henderson. Uh, he played a pedophile. He played a pedophile in a Netflix movie, and then he goes crashing and burning for uh, allegedly either having or attempting to have a sexual intimate relationship with a minor. So that's what's going on. Obviously, the due process will come, but he's been silent. He has been totally silent over the past week, and it's it's not looking too good for him. So it's horrible. Um, it, the pure irony that he played a pedophile on this Netflix show, and now he is going down for basically being his character in real life. It just it sucks. It fucking sucks. So we'll have to see what happens with him. That that's something we'll be watching closely. I. I found Crystalia on Vine way back, and he was awesome. He, he was great. He had funny shit. He was a weird guy for sure, uh, and this is a little shocking. I, I think a lot of people are saying that they're not shocked, but it, it's always shocking with something like this. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. Um, let's go into balls now before we hop into the interviews. Uh, this will be real quick as well. Baseball, we talked about this last week. They're still not at an agreement to bring Major League Baseball back. It's been a huge fight for those of you that have watched between the owners and the Players Association. They could not come to an agreement last week. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has allegedly flown down to, I believe, where I'm not sure where he was. It might have been Arizona, but uh, the president of the Players Association, Tony Clark, he's a former player himself, pretty good player. Manfred flew down to see him. They tried to discuss and... Clark said, you know, I'm, I appreciate the open dialogue from the commissioner. We here still are our requests. We're looking forward to playing. 60 games had been tossed around. 50 or 48 games had been discussed, too. They're going back and forth. And then last week, finally, it was the whole tell us when and where movement because there was clearly way too much. There was too much parity. There was way too much of a gap between the owners and the players. So... It looks like they're not going to come to an agreement after all. 
Which, the whole thing is so wild because ultimately Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, has the authority to do whatever he wants in this situation. So what the fuck were the negotiations for in the first place? If he can just make up whatever he wants to do and the season's entirely in his hands, it's kind of pointless negotiating. I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm extremely disappointed for my sport. I... I want baseball to come back so badly in any way, shape, or form. If they play in Orlando, great. If they play in a bubble city, then great. But I also want it to work for the players. I I am extremely pro-players in this scenario. I get it that the the owners and the commissioners have business dealings to attend to. They need the revenue in-house, all that stuff, but... Ultimately, the guys that are making you money should be the ones that you first protect. Is that so hard to understand for these billionaire owners? And I understand the other side of the argument. The owners are, they don't have the capital. It's tied up and based on the revenues that they make in a year. The ticket sales, the concessions, the money from operating the stadium, yada, yada, yada. The merch. But come on. These players are making you billions of dollars and you can't at least show a little compassion and meet him somewhere my god will and i are on the same page about this when he comes back in a couple of weeks we'll we'll revisit it but again it's this we've been talking about this for how long now weeks i don't know i i hope that we're overcomplicating things or maybe we're simplifying them too much I hope that they come back. I don't care if it's 60, 50, 48 games. I don't care. Someone made a good point that I was talking to a couple of days ago that these 48 games, let, like let's say they play a 48-game season. Do you throw only three guys in your rotation and say, you know, you get two days rest and leave it all out on the field from August to October? I think you could seriously consider that. I know Garrett Cole's going to want to do that. He's going to be like, let me throw every day. The whole five-game or five-starter uh, rotation, if you will, is based on a whole season. So maybe can these pitchers become more versatile and go out there and, and ball out and throw 98 the entire time and get back at it in two days if they're only doing it for a couple months? Something to keep your eyes on for sure. So that's baseball. Uh, some other sports are back too, which is good. Uh, soccer is pretty much in full swing. Spanish league, Italian league, uh, and Serie A, and La Liga, and then e- the EPL, the English Premier League, is back too. German soccer is in full force. They've been playing for weeks now. Bundesliga, golf is back. Second straight week with a tournament. My God, they, you've got guys that are competing as we watch or as we record this on Sunday. I'm pumped. Sports are back, and we've got something live on TV. And hopefully we only see that even more over the couple weeks. You know, the NBA is going to start practicing soon. The NHL is going to get back after it. It's all good. It's all it's all good. We're moving in the right direction on a lot of these, which is nice. Last thing for balls today is uh, this is something on Twitter that I wanted to bring up as well. The best rivalry among college basketball came up. And a, a lot of people were like, all right, you know, what's the what's going to be the deal? Who is it? And <laughs> they listed out a few different rivalries that it could have been and then duke basketball retweets it and goes are you guys even serious is this actually a discussion right now 
this even close? And I, I looked into it a little bit more. There's no better rivalry at all than the Duke and UNC rivalry. Not one. Think about this. Look at these statistics. North Carolina and Duke, they are 50-50 split over the last 100 games. So meeting UNC 150 and Duke 150. Each team scored exactly 7,746 points over that span. So 50-50, and they had a dead tie in points. Holy shit. The most viewed regular season game in college basketball, 12 out of the last 14 years, too. People were making the case for Kentucky-Louisville, which is a good rivalry, but, I mean, and then, like, UConn-Providence and all this stuff, and... Oh, there's just... There's no shot. There's no shot that anything is, is better than UNC and Duke. I didn't realize, and I'm only bringing this up because how even is that matchup? Hey, do you, have you seen anything in sports that's more even than 50-50 over the last 100 and a dead tie in points? That's nuts. Goes to show how much stakes are at that rivalry for sure. You know, you it, it's you put on that Duke uniform, you want to go kick UNC's ass. The same thing with UNC. They put on the North Carolina uniform, Tar Heel uniform. And they just want to beat Duke. It's at a point where I don't even know if they care if they win the national title. If they beat Duke, it's a successful year. It's not necessarily like that in every other rivalry. I mean, you could make that argument for Louisville and, and UK, but when you put on a Louisville uniform, do you really is it really your life goal to beat Kentucky? Do you go to Louisville to go beat Kentucky and vice versa? I don't think so. But... Anyway, that, that's really about it for uh, Beers, Business, and Balls segment of today. Let's hop into our beer guests. We're going to go first to our friend Mike O'Toole from the Wart Podcast. The Wart's a really good one because they're, they're not necessarily just talking about making beer or uh, reviewing beer, but they're also interviewing just some really cool people that have beer businesses, uh, like line cleaning businesses. They've got shirts. They've got direct-to-consumer beer packages. All that stuff, uh, these are the guests that they try to find. So uh, this was a really cool interview. So without further ado, let's swing it over to our first interview with Mike O'Toole from the Wart Podcast. All right, everybody. We have another great interview lined up while I am recovering from tonsil surgery. So this is a little back to the uh, back in time for this interview. But we have Mike O'Toole. One of the <laughs> one of the co-hosts of the Wart Podcast, Long Island native, Mike. Thanks for joining us. But before we begin, uh, we're going to do a quick cheers. And what are you drinking? Ah, uh, we're drinking a little bit of that Ghost uh, Newer Brewery. Uh, had their opening right before the pandemic. Uh, Paul uh, has done some wonderful things. Uh, he actually is in the same space as the Great South Bay Brewery in Bayshore. Um, people can find Great South Bay all over the East coast. Uh, but now ghost is, uh, doing great stuff as well. And I always like to promote him. He's a good dude. Came on the show a couple of times. He's like a, a buddy of ours now and, uh, does some really phenomenal stuff. This actually, this is a great, this is a, um, I, I believe it's a double dry hop IPA and it's 8%, but in a 19.2 ounce can. <laughs> so that'll get you going. I already had a few beers tonight, so this is going to get interesting. <laughs> That's a beast. So that's an eight and a half DDH in a 19 ounce can. That's, yes, that's sir. incredible. 
That's how <laughs> I roll now. <laughs> Cheers to you, Mike. Holy and he shit. was selling four packs of this for 18 bucks. That's worth it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. really good. Stock up while you can. That's uh, how you that's, doing actually. He was doing some major distribution through uh, Taproom, the app um, Taproom. So every time I go to Taproom, I'm, as I'm scrolling through Instagram now, I, the first can that you see on Taproom's post is like a ghost logo. I'm like, oh, wow, he's been doing some great stuff. Came on the show a few weeks ago and, and said, uh, you know, that's been saving his business right now in the pandemic. So it's kind of crazy how uh, things work out. But he's very lucky and he's great beer, great beer. We'll definitely have to add that onto our list. So Mike, we wanted to have you on because I've been following your podcast for a few months now after you interviewed uh, my friend Ian over uh, at North Fork Brewing Company yeah. um, in Riverhead. And that's when I caught on when he shared. And I've been a huge fan. I love when you interview different brewers and you talk about all the different beers. And obviously, uh, we're going to say pre-COVID, you were having those events as well, just live streaming at different beer festivals, which is yeah. awesome. Jake and I went to a beer festival right next to our apartment uh, in December or January. And it was like 75 brewers, breweries for like four hours. I mean, we had like- Mike, I shit you not. <laughs> you can't make this up. We, it, it's a cold January day. I don't know. I don't know if you went to the Providence game beforehand, Will, but we're big college basketball fans as well. So we walked, uh, or so we big spent the day Providence at the game. This year. Big year. Yeah, yeah. They I'm were a big great. Duke fan, so I follow college basketball immensely on every level. Yeah. So we're we love the Friars because we're about you know a mile away from Dunkin' Donuts Center. So Providence and Villanova play. Villanova beats them by a couple of points, and then we walk our ass over literally five minutes from our apartment to the convention center where this is being held. And we drink, you know, 75 tasters and we walk home. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I had to interject because I needed that. It was one of the best days of the winter. Did you just stumble upon the beer fest or did you know about it? Well, we I don't knew, know. When did we, we even find we, it? It was, came up as like a sponsored ad and we found out that it was literally right next to our apartment in walking distance. <laughs> so fantastic. it was a no brainer. And what was it? 40 bucks for four hours and a, and a glass. And I was like, that's it. Done. We're in. Yeah. <laughs> We're in. And I mean, I think we did the math and like the tasters we had equated to like a 16 pack of like 8% IPA. <laughs> so we like, spent that whole Sunday the next day. We're like, yeah, we're not doing anything. $100 like, <laughs> worth of beer you drank. Exactly. <laughs> at any decent district, at, at any decent craft brewery. It was That's all crazy. over. Yeah, it was all over New England. It was Rhode Island. It was Connecticut. It was Massachusetts. It was Vermont. It was a lot of great different breweries. And it was, it was nice to get be able to taste some of the things that you don't get to experience because, you know, we're fortunate enough where we have a lot of breweries per capita in Rhode Island. And you also have a lot of people oh, yeah. that, that, like, you know, yeah, I mean, you've been all across the East Coast and all across the country grabbing beers, but there's a lot of beers also that they don't distribute. Um, you know, that you just have to go to the brewery itself. So it's nice being able to get to sample pretty much everything. But tell us a little bit about how the Wart podcast started. You know, when, when did you come up with the idea? Talk about your two other co-hosts and uh, just tell us about what makes the Wart the Wart. Before you do that, I have a question, a follow-up question to what you said. Do you guys in now in the pandemic and the, the COVID and the shutdown, do you guys now have access to some more of those breweries that weren't distributing before, but now can deliver or to get it to local distributors because it's the only way for them to make money. Are you guys finding that about some of the breweries up there? You know what? I don't think really that's played out too much in Rhode Island. I think the, yeah. um, the liquor has gone, I, I think 
to be honest with you, Mike, where they've really had to get creative is the restaurant side of things. Mm. Um, a lot of restaurants in Rhode Island for as much as there's beer up here. Um, the governor has been very involved in having the restaurants make money. So you've seen the restaurants put on their creative hats and find different ways to get their liquor and beer and cocktails and stuff out. Um, there is a lot of direct market cocktail companies too up here actually. So they're making wow. a mixed drinks and all that stuff. But as for Rhode Island, I don't think it's caught up in necessarily the, the direct to, uh, you know, like delivery of the craft and all that good stuff as much as it is the, the other things. And they definitely I'd made it. More... To... Oh, no, sorry. You can go. I was going to say, I'd love to have my road sodas. Oh, <laughs> big time. <laughs> yes, big time. And that's the thing. The, the breweries I definitely noticed in the area um, were definitely more helpful and supportive with people getting, you know, growlers or no can limits or whatever it might be, you know, just to generate the business itself. But one thing I do notice in Rhode Island, um, anytime we do go to a brewery, you see the same people either staying there, sitting down or coming up and picking to go Gans. If you go, you know, <laughs> after work to the same, for example, Long Live, which is one of our favorite breweries up here. Mm -hmm. You know, we go after work on a Friday at 5 p.m. You're seeing all the same people go in Friday at 5 p.m. grabbing their, their uh, cans to go. They're grabbing a bite to eat down there. So it's definitely a very uh, tight knit community, I would say, in Rhode Island. You know, people have their favorites and like to support around. Like, we try to bounce around as much as we can, but we still keep getting drawn to long live and we'll still make our hike to a tree house because I mean, that place is gold. Because you have to, you have because to, no, we're not real beer lovers. If we're less than an hour away and don't religiously drink tree house or go up there. Right. <laughs> That's right. I did a, uh, I did, I'll, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think when it was, I'm going to say it was, I'm going to say it was the fall. And I said to my wife who I had an off day, I know Treehouse opens at what, 11 o'clock or so line starts forming. And I said, listen, I'm going up there with the kids. You're going to stay home. You have to work. I'm going to take the kids. We're going on a three hour drive up to Treehouse, and we're coming home. And she goes, I'm getting in the car. I'll work from my cell phone tethered to my laptop and I'm going to Treehouse with you. And we did, we ended up doing a one day trip to Treehouse from Long Island. It took about three hours to get up about two forty-five to get back. I ended up with like $400, close to like three and a half <laughs> cases of beer. Yep. Uh, distribute some out to my buddies who, you know, obviously if you're doing a run, you, you get in touch with the buddies and you tell them, listen, run tree house. What do you want? Look at the menu, do what you got to do. <laughs> and uh, I spent the next three days just distributing beer to everyone I could possibly find. And then ended up with a, a nice little case to myself. And it, you know, obviously it's, it's like the Mecca. Everyone travels to Treehouse on the Northeast just to at least get the experience. And uh, if not to waste the $400 that you have in your pocket, because it's burning a hole. <laughs> and to have decent beer. I mean, it's, it, is, it is good. And I'm not saying that it's the best around because I had the Treehouse Trillium fight. We've had that talk on the show. But I also then fight it against some of the big boys down here. We have Sand City. We have Barrier. We have Finback and City, mm. other half. I mean, it's hard to fight finding a good New England IPA or a juicy IPA or a hazy IPA, whatever you want to call it, because I have the access to that within 20 minutes of my house. But you got to go to Treehouse. I mean, you just do it. Whether you like hype beer or not, you're going to Treehouse for the experience to at least Instagram it and say you did it. Oh, 100%. And I have my girlfriend with me. And every time she's in the area too, her dad always sends her over with, hey, I need X, Y, and Z. I need 10 of these. I need five of these. I need whatever they have on the Julius. Just get me whatever they have on the Julius. It's definitely a hot commodity. 
And see, I'm not a big Julius fan. I, I prefer uh, Ma. Wow. Ma is delicious. Um, mm, yep. Their winter um, snow was amazing. Yes. The wheat IP. Oh, my God. Yeah, wheat uh, beer. That was one of the uh, – I think, honestly, that's probably top five treehouse beers for me. Me too. It's, it's number one for me immediately. Ooh, like okay. if you say treehouse beer, I say snow. Uh, give me as much snow mm. as possible. Um, and then a bunch of their <laughs> Don't take that out them. of context, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't get any this year, so whatever. You know, take it as you learn. True. Um, I, at least down here we didn't. Um, and then we – I there's a couple I have, you know, emptied up there that I've been thinking about making candles out of. But uh, the stouts are really good. I mean, they make really phenomenal stouts. Bear was a great brown. Mm. So there's, there, you know, there's things that I, I have a very wide palette. And I think that has developed over the course of the show, getting back to your original question. Um, we've experienced so many uh, styles and uh, takes on a certain style over the course of these last two and a half to three years that my palate has expanded tremendously. So I, I think like, for instance, this ghost two years ago, I would have been like, nah, not my thing, but I've gone through the, the hazy IPA orange juice in a glass thing. And now I'm into like, Give me something a little more complex where a double IPA at an 8% really does it for me and then shove it into a 19.2 ounce bottle and I'm ready to go, dude. <laughs> I'm ready to grill. I'm ready to just bounce off the walls. I'm good. No, you definitely make a great point. And going back to the treehouse real quick, I really enjoy green and I really enjoy mm. sap. Mm. Those two are sap definitely, too. yeah, those yep. two are on my list. And then when we were talking stouts, Jake, what was the one we had a few weeks ago? The gingerbread man? Oh, shit. That was, uh, uh, hey, Mr. Gingerbread Man, probably. Yeah. And I've been finding uh, everyone, all of our listeners are giving me shit because um, usually the way we start our show is we, we have a quick cheers. We talk about what we're drinking and what we read it, right? In the oh, I send scale. that shit right off the rails. That's the way our show goes. So. Yeah, that's how it should. <laughs> I'm a right? natural off the rails guy. So sorry, guys. <laughs> no, but it, it should. And, you know, they've been giving me shit because... I keep talking about how my preferred beer of this time right now is a like a real hazy, thick, juicy New England IPA, something like that. Um, that see, like that's that color right there that you're pouring. That's my beer, right? And here I am drinking whatever's in the fridge downstairs. I've got leftover treehouse stouts from a couple months ago. I'm like, fuck it, I'll review shit. that. <laughs> so here I am pouring like Simple Life, uh, an 11 percent. Uh, peanut butter and oatmeal stout. I'm glad you said that because there it is. Oh, yeah, yeah there's there Simple Life. Yep. That is one of so, my favorites. Yeah, I'm pouring that and I'm like, wow, it's May and I'm, it's 80 degrees out. I'm actually really disappointed myself. So it's that's my goal. In June, I don't want to review a, a single stout. It needs to be just IPA. <laughs> sours all day. Give me the sours. <laughs> there you go. Sours and sweet shit and IPA. Perfect. <laughs> um, I'll go back to your original question just to uh, follow up since we did dug very deep into the tangent oh, yeah. of treehouse. Hey, it's all right. We're candid. That's what it's all about. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, all right. So the origination of our podcast came about, uh, I'm going to, like I said, about almost three years ago now. Um, we, I've been friends with Pete for a while. Our wives work together at the same company. So we've had several, you know, like little house parties and stuff with them over. And Pete and I always discuss you know, local beer. And Pete wasn't at the level where I was traveling and definitely going, but he knew decent beer. He would love Trogues or he would go into like some of the really obscure stuff of uh, Omegang. And I, I, I'm like, cool. So you know that end because I wasn't into 
Belgians and, you know, um, he was lagering and, and all sorts of stuff that he was in. But I was more in the IPA realm where my initial taste came from Magic Hat Number 9 or, or uh, Sierra Nevada. And those guys really pushed it forward for me back in the uh, early 2000s. So Pete and I sat down at my, uh, my daughter's communion party <laughs> and uh, we had a serious discussion. I said, listen, you know, I, I started Gov's radio, let's say seven years ago. Uh, so governor's comedy club on Long Island is a very well-known comedy club. And I worked there as a bartender for about four years in that four years, uh, within the first few months, the owner at the time asked me to start a radio station. I said, let's do it. I, uh, spec'd it out. We built it together. Um, and then we programmed it and got it on the iHeart radio network for about two years with a contract and we did very well, but we didn't really have the infrastructure a normal radio station would need for you guys, uh, coming from your, uh, Bryant university, uh, broadcasting background and me, my hostage <laughs> university broadcasting. There nice. it is. There we yeah. go. Uh, oh, perfect. Uh, represent the, uh, the CAA. That's the right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, we we decided to go a different route after a little while and the studio lay dormant for a bit. And then I actually had, and you may know uh, our character Graz, hashtag free Graz, who uh, came in and decided he wanted to take over the station and do his own show. And we, we kind of let him do it just to start out. And from that kind of spawned all these new shows and all these people. And we actually had a, uh, a group of people come in that were doing, um, I want to say like an upright citizens brigade, but you know it as like, if you go to a dinner party and there's like a crime scene comedy thing going on in the background, that's the knock them dead comedy guys who now run the station. They took um, pretty much management roles to get that going. Uh, I still work as the chief engineer to get everything running smoothly and they work on programming and, and talent grabbing and things like that. Um, and grass still has a show. And then at one point in the first two years of all this, Grass says, dude, you like, I, I were bringing these craft beers to his show all the time because I was board opping his show. And I said, dude, uh, like, I really would love to talk about this, but I don't even know where to get started. He goes, fuck it, just do it. Just don't, don't even think about it. Just do it. And I was like, all right. I thought about it for a while. And then, like I said, the communion uh, sitting down with Pete, I'm like, kind of want to do a craft beer show. You want in? He's like, sure. I'd love to get out of the fucking house and, and <laughs> hang out and drink beer. And we started very simply with doing a, a pilot episode, just the two of us. And then we started bringing in, um, and Steve was actually like our third guest, I think on episode three, which is crazy because he was in it from the start. And then he would be like a recurring guest as we went along in association with the brewers that he was talking to and hyping up and saying, you should get this guy on, you should get this guy on. So all along, you know, Steve has been in the background, but he's had a brewery. So he couldn't commit to this full time. Uh, so Pete and I have been doing it for by ourselves for about two years. And then sometime around January, February, Steve decided to close down his brewery due to, uh, well, he could tell you if he's showing himself tonight, but basically it's, it's wasn't worth it. He has a full-time job and he has uh you know enough to worry about that he really didn't need the brewery it wasn't making him enough money he loved the, the the brewing he loved the passion for it he had the passion for it um but it wasn't a monetary gain for him and all the work he had to do in addition to his full-time job just wasn't worth it 
So he's like, you know what? I don't, I don't need this. I enjoy the craft beer scene. He made a lot of good friends, a lot of good contacts. And he said, I'm, I'm going <clears> to <throat> shut it down. You know, it's, it's, there's a couple of people that took the hit, but they ended up right now. Um, his bartender is over at Ghost. His assistant brewer is opening up a brand new brewery as the head brewmaster, uh, Peconic County Brewing out in Riverhead. Mm. So everyone kind of landed on their feet, you know, a few months later. And uh, he came back to us and was like, I'd love to be on the show all the time. So, you know, Pete and I were like, fuck yeah, dude, we'd love to have a brewer with all the contacts that you possibly can. You know, a, a great beer, um, uh, the Great American uh, Beer what is it called? Expo or is it Great American Beer Fest or whatever it, it is? Be, it might be Expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fest, yeah. So he's oh, okay. a, a multi-award winning brewer. He's won first place in a couple of places for, you know, that. So he has the, the know-how. So we were like, fuck yeah, come on. Plus he's a good dude and he's funny. He's an ex-comedian, believe it or not. He used to do stand-up. Mm. So why not bring him on? Like how stupid would it be not to have him in? And we hang out and... He's on a, most of our shows anyway. So Steve ended up becoming part of our show sometime right before the pandemic. We'll say the first show in March, he was a big part of. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, um, we were like, yeah, dude, you're, you're part of the show now. So we started reinventing our logo. We started reinventing our show, started coming up with new ways to kind of promote. And then, of course, his contacts. So from that, you know, has really spawned a great relationship. And I think right now we're stronger than ever. Um, we've had a, a bunch of people now reach out to us and we were starting to get that momentum, which is great. Um, somewhere around, you know, November of last year, 2019, people were starting to reach out to us, be like, we'd love to be on the show. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't have to go beg you <laughs> to be on the show anymore. They're like, no, no, we, we've heard, heard your name. We, heard, we know what the deal is. I'm like, yeah, yeah, fucking come on. We'll, we'll schedule a date. And now with Steve on, forget it. The legitimacy is is solidified now. So we're we're just in a good place. Unfortunately, we're not in a studio where we can kind of show off a little bit and hang out. But you know, we we've gotten a lot of great feedback because Steve's on. Our numbers are way up, which is fantastic. Um, you know, we're not making a tremendous amount of money on this, if any. You know, most of the anything we that we have gotten in the past has gone to like t-shirts and promotion stuff. We reinvest in the brand as much as we can. And we do it just because we can love to hang out and drink with the brewers and have a lot of our friends on. And it's just, it's a way of life now. It really has stopped being a job and started being just a way to hang out with people and get the stories that no one you know could get. And that was the original premise. If you're at a brewery, how often you get a chance to hang out with the brewer and ask them the right. questions you it's want rare. to ask? Yeah. Yep. So that was the premise of the show. When we, when Pete and I started, we're like, we want to get the story of the history of the brewery and what's going on right now, and then we'll have fun with them and, and get a little bit of personality out of them as much as we can. And and that's, I think we've nailed that over the last two and a half years in getting those stories and getting that information out there. And then so. For instance, we had this little program with uh, Hartwell Woodshop out in Patchogue. We distributed these uh, tap handle adapters to spark that conversation at a bar, a restaurant, or a brewery. So if you know someone walks into a brewery and goes, oh, what's that? And they go, oh, it's a tap handle. They were on a podcast. If you want to know more about the brewer, the past, about the brewery, or any information about the beer, listen to the podcast because they really broke it down 
uh, beer by beer, story by story. And then there it is. So you don't have to bother the brewer to come out and talk to the customers and, you know, go through everything on the tap list. I think that was the premise. I think we were continually, you know, nailing that. And now in the pandemic, our reach is ridiculous. We just interviewed Lost Worlds down in North Carolina. We had uh, Artisanal up in upstate. We're going to have um, uh, two villains from Nyack on on next Monday. Hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to really spread it out a little bit. For the people who can't travel to Long Island and get in the studio, we want to reach out to them and go, hey, we have a platform for you. Here it is. And if we get some beer, you know, great. But there was a, uh, we'll say like Sig Lusher, Kentucky Brewery. The guy was up here to do promotion in New York City and decided to come out and be on the show. Amazing fucking show. Wow. And with Paul from Ghost, it was like uh, an amazing, uh, we had the guys from um, Nap Time upstate and they the two of them came down and hung out that night uh people are traveling to come and hang out with us which is fantastic you know and we really do support the new york state brewing uh scene but we also reach out well beyond that to you know anyone out there that's listening and watching that wants to get the stories out there um and have a little fun doing it while drinking beers with us that's, that's the basic premise of the world that's incredible. And I think what I'm curious about now is I didn't really know that about Steve because I got to admit, I'm not as um, religious as a listener as Will is for sure. But um, I'm curious to know, Mike, when you guys had Steve join your crew, you obviously had the show risen to another level of credibility, but how long did it take before you started to see listeners and the brewing community come to you and say, yeah, all right, you guys are legit now. And hmm. you guys have, a, a, you know, I, I guess I just want to know when did you start seeing that feedback come in and how did it affect uh, just what you guys were doing on the show? I find a lot of it's networking. I mean, obviously hanging out with guys and spending time with them, uh, carving out some time to go to the brewery and sit down and talk with them. You know, we have some great relationships with, uh, yeah, we'll say Long Ireland, who was on the show recently. Those guys are phenomenal dudes. Uh, we've been from day from day, let's say, I'll, I'll say episode eight and on. You know, in the first year, that, that was it. We were lock stock with uh, with Greg and Dan and Scott. Those guys are just phenomenal dudes, and we're looking to help promote them. You know, and, and they saw that value in very little investment into just hanging out and. I guess because we're very decent dudes as well. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, but it was, you know, it took a while for success. And I don't want to say it's a major success because it's not. We're not on serious <laughs> or terrestrial radio. But, you know, for the numbers we got, for instance, this past episode uh, last Monday, um, we had 57 or 60 downloads in 24 hours, which to us is success. If 50 people are downloading our show and listening to it, you guys will, you being one of them, um, you know, it, 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 to me, it means a lot. And it helps get the word out there about the breweries that we're trying to promote. And uh, for instance, our buddy Joe and WA Meadworks, you know, who knows what mead is? I didn't know what the fuck mead was going into <laughs> this. And then Joe was just a character that you just had to be around. You gravitate to a guy like that. And you're like, all right, now I want to try me just because Joe is Joe. And it's brought me into a whole new area of places I never was willing to try and travel. Um, and, and in regards to, you know, the success, it was just 
grinding. You know, I, I, I take the, the lead on a lot of this. Pete is more like the booker. We kind of designated our roles early on. Uh, Pete would do a lot of the communication, but now I'm, I'm doing more and more because Pete has a newborn and two other children and a dog. So I get it. Uh, when, when his son grows up a little bit, he'll have a little more time for us. But again, bringing Steve on was a big deal. And that was a natural progression. I mean, that just kind of happened because we were just good friends with him. We were at the closing of his brewery. He's giving us hugs. He's saying, he, you know, he wants to be part of, you know, the bigger things to come. He wanted to stay relevant in the craft beer scene. And by no means did I want to ever hold him back. So that was just a natural, like, you're part of the show now. You are the third person. We always, I, I was a big fan of Opie and Anthony growing up uh, here on Long Island. He was up in Boston at AAF uh, when I was going to school up in New Hampshire. And then they came down here when I moved back down here. And when they brought Jim Norton on as their third host, quote unquote, that was a big deal for them. They exploded from that. And I, feel like if we add more talent and more experience to the lineup it really did add more legitimacy and that's kind of what we're seeing now in addition to bringing in sponsorship so we just got a sponsorship from Brewbag, a um, company up in Rochester. I did see that yes. Dude like, this, this awesome. thing is freaking cool very cool. It's a uh, <laughs> I won't give them the, the biggest plug in the world but basically it's beer punk <laughs> and he oh. does a great job at the um at the brewery level trying to get that information out there so i was like oh well let me contact them and simply just reaching out to people and asking you know what do you think and they're like yeah i'm like oh i'm okay. all in on that yeah <laughs> yeah done I, I mean i didn't even have to think about it yes you're a sponsor just set up a promo code and we'll promote it give me a a free one to try and take pictures with and we're good you know, and if, if we can get, you know, swag and, and trust me, I sent him up beer and t-shirts and stickers and all sorts of stuff. You know, it wasn't like it was a tremendous undertaking for a business like that to do it. If people are looking to just get simple sponsorship, this is the easiest way you want to get something in return. In addition to the advertising. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the way we felt. And I've taken several, uh, courses and, uh, cues from social media marketing people and we've been actually contacted now in the last two or three months to be these uh instagram uh what do you call them uh not advertisers but they're like boosters or whatever you want to say yeah like the influencers i guess for influencers or, that's yeah. the word i wanted ah yeah and for i'm the like, marketing and uh, management degrees to good oh there you go yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the social media influencers we've gotten contacted by so many of those and i'm like no i i'm not I don't mind wearing your t-shirt, but that's not where it has to end. You know, we, it has to be a mutual agreement where you get the value of our show so we can promote your thing. So you promote our show and we promote your product. And it's a lot about that relationship, not about just the free shit, which I don't mind. But you can see like Brewbag will, will repost a lot of our posts or, or Rosie's Draft Solutions will repost our stuff or Brewers Hardware, which is a national brewing uh, hardware supplier will repost our stuff. That's what I want. I want the connection to the audience where we're not just getting um, free stuff and that's nice and all good, but what good is that when you don't have then the return of getting the listenership that you wanted? So the same thing with uh, vintage beer t-shirts. Well, you know, uh, our buddy uh, Scott at uh, the beer narrator, 
uh, has that vintage beer t-shirt club sponsorship and he sends that shit out. Uh, I think that's where Will and I kind of got connected through uh, Scott, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so he does a great job, man. I mean, Scott, it's a lot of fun. It, it's a great show. It's very interactive, which is awesome. And I said, well, we had shirts on tap as part of our, and that's, that's what I'm wearing actually shirts on tap be, uh, shirt. But you know, that was two years ago. And what have you done for us lately? You know, we've given you promotion for the last two years and I got three t-shirts that I gave out. I didn't even, I kept this one because he gave it to Pete and I, but other than that, I got a t-shirt for $14 and that gives you two years of sponsorship. One of the things that we were looking for was someone that was going to have a longstanding relationship with us. You know, someone that was going to help kind of cultivate the relationship between our show and sponsorship. So like vintage beer shirt, club.com vintage beer shirt.club Andy over there is the, the balls um, gave us like a, a crap ton of shirts. Now I, I had a nice little relationship with um, shirts on tap, but really they didn't give us uh, as like I'm saying enough to, to really give us three years worth of promotion. So Andy reached out after I sent him an email, as we were talking about Scott uh, over at uh, the beer narrator Um you know, he reached out and he was like, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll definitely throw it out there. And, and I said, I'll definitely throw it out there. And I wasn't expecting much, but he sent uh, koozies, he sent t-shirts, he sent stickers and all this stuff that we're taking in. We're not taking for ourselves. We're giving it back to the brewers. Um, one of the funny stories was I went over to Ghost uh, a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to give Paul one of the vintage beer shirts. I gave him the Buffalo beer shirt. <laughs> and he, he said last show, he goes, that shirt saved my life. It was a double brew day. I was sweating through my ghost shirt <laughs> and I needed a shirt to get in the car to go home with. And oh, boom, God. Buffalo beer shirt from vintage beer shirt club.com. That sounds like an ad life. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. He actually did the read at the beginning. I'm like, perfect. Thanks for, he, he just interrupted. He's like, that shirt saved my life. <laughs> Not to mention it's a freaking cool shirt, man. Those vintage beer logos are, are, so nostalgic. Oh wait, that what? Yeah, that's incredible, dude. That's a dope shirt. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, the, it's like the off white with the with the brown, and then the yellow is the writing. That's really cool. I mean, after our, after our conversation, I'm going on the website again and I'm gonna load my card up. So there you go. <laughs> Use promo code Wart W O R T. Receive uh, a <laughs> good percentage off. I don't know if uh, Scott or from the beer narrator has uh, a promo code, but I made sure that these guys can track what our show is hopefully bringing in for you. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I can't control that. All I can do is promote it, and then hopefully something will come through for you, and right. you can track that information if, in fact, you use promo codes. So it works for me. You know, If you're getting uh, a couple of sales and you want to throw us a couple more shirts, I'm good with that because we're just going to redistribute them to the brewers as being guests on our show, and that really does cover – you know, our give back to those guys. And like I said, with Paul's case, it saved his life for that day. And it, it, that little bit helps a lot. And if I can, you know, if Pete and Steve and I can do that, um, that, that was our goal, you know, to, to keep that relationship going, to have our friends, you know, benefit from not only being on the show and getting their beer and their brewery uh, promoted, but also then get something in return from that, you know, and, and that's, again, where it all stemmed from. And you were asking before, you know, what really kind of set us off. I think it's a lot of our live shows, you know, the shows that we do 
on the road at a brewery or at a festival really separate us from other people. So we actually had um, one of the best events, which is the AC Beer Fest down in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Not only was it an awesome fest that we got introduced to a lot of new friends, but man, what a fucking festival. Because <laughs> it's all beer that we'd never, never have. Never have, yeah. And it's the it's like Pokemon. You want to collect them all. You want to and I don't use, you know, untapped like that. I don't get badges. I don't give a shit. But <laughs> I want to try everything. I want to try this guy's Pilsner. I want to try that guy's Krolsch. And then I want to try that New England IPA that some guy in southern New Jersey is doing that technically really isn't New England, but fine. You're in New Jersey. We get it. We get it. Yeah. Uh, I want to try, you know, everything out there possible because it just it, it expands my palate. It gets me to, to be a better judgment of, um, you know, goodness versus not so good. And we never, ever kind of review beer on the air. We'll say in the background after the show, after the brewers leave, you know, I didn't really like that style or oh, they can work on that better because it wasn't about, you know, us and our opinion because everyone's opinion is different. You know, like you could like stouts and I like IPAs and, you know, I try to stout and it wasn't as great to me, but you like stouts and it's fantastic. So to us, it was about getting and extracting the information about that stout, not reviewing it, but extracting it and putting it out there for people to uh, have so when they do try it, they can tune into our podcast and go, oh, oh yeah, okay. So that was the brewing process or that was the adjunct that was used. And that's like one part I really do love about your show is when you have those brewers on, you can just hear the passion in their voice about why they came up with this beer or why they chose this style or even as something as like, this is why the can looks like this, you know, like they have so much passion for the beer and that's why um, you know, Jake and I kind of started this podcast as one third of our favorite things to talk about is craft beer. And it was kind of an inspiration off of you because before I found you, Jake and I were actually talking about this. It was like, Oh, you know, like not many people talk about craft beer, but it's such a huge market. And then yeah. when we got connected and I started listening, I'm like, these guys at Wart do it right. They are just a couple. Yeah, he's like, dude, check out these guys at the ward. Like, they're sick. They, I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, Let's you guys are that. a bunch of friends that are just enjoying craft beer and having candid conversations, either with yourselves in a group or having other people outside. And you also make a good point about, like, you know, a, a big basis of the show is you're just loving to hear people's stories and you're loving to talk out and hang out. And that's something we've noticed, you know, just with the few guests that we've had on thus far. It's been, you know, we, we try to set up questions in advance, but most of the time it's kind of like what we're doing right now, just talking candid and just having a great time, just having random conversations or different thoughts that come up. And we're making friends afterwards, you know, after we record, we're still talking with people sometimes for over an hour, just shooting the shit about different yeah. things. And this industry, you know, podcasting and radio broadcasting really brings people together um, in a different way that you wouldn't necessarily talk to people like different ideas that you wouldn't talk to people about. So I definitely am a big supporter of you guys and will continue to do, do so because I love what you guys talk about. Yeah. And off that too, I think, you know, I, I'd be curious, you, you might have something to say off that, but I think what I'm going to ask you is going to tie in nicely, Mike. Um, you've got to have met so many interesting people through this whole thing. And you have talked to brewers, you've talked to people, that are literally making retro beer shirts as we just talked about. Um, 
and clubs, you know, it's literally a vintage beer shirt club. That's incredible. Um, but there's got to be one or two that stick out to you that have been the most interesting people that you've crossed paths with. I'm curious to hear if you've got any stories on that front. So many characters have come through the studio or come through with these uh, virtual meetings. Um, I, what I want to interject is I just got a uh, text from Eastern Front. Oh, my camera just went out. That's not good. <laughs> oh boy oh there, there we go we're back yeah it's still <laughs> probably wet and it's going oh. um the and i have mike and the mad dog right mad dog uh baseball there mikey um <laughs> like, well, all right we got michael tool calling in the yeah. rock on come on mike what's going on buddy hey mikey <laughs> from uh malvern go ahead you're on the fan <laughs> hey thanks for calling mike <laughs> uh so Eastern Front, which is uh, out east uh, on Long Island, yeah. um, yes, just uh, sent me a direct uh, message about a new organization that's starting up called CraftAid.org. It's a North Fork community breweries and musicians supporting each other. I thought I'd throw it out there because they're starting to post now about uh, some of the upcoming events. So uh, July 2nd and 3rd, North Fork breweries will have a come together for Craft Aid kind of like Live Aid, Love Queen, <laughs> by the way. And um, they'll be hosting an online uh, virtual two-day music festival where you can see your favorite local artists. And, and that's the other thing. Like We've had a bunch of the guys and girls that uh, go to breweries and sing and uh, perform live music at the brewery. They're now following us too because now they get to see their friends online. So Again, with the networking part, it's, it's been amazing. And yeah, we definitely have had on some great characters. You mentioned uh, North Fork uh, Brewery, uh, Ian and Pete. Uh, Pete's like the, the character of all characters, and Ian's like a fucking scientist, dude. I mean, he's he is just, wicked smart. He is he studied. Is, yeah, he knows his he's shit. And, and because of that, they've been contracting like crazy. You know, uh, Uber Geek, which is a, a startup nomadic brewery here on Long Island, um, they've been working with them and they also did the, um, the ladies of crest or, uh, lady Brewsters. They did their release. So, you know, North Fork has been one of those, uh, newer breweries that have really come together to support the entire North Fork. And they're just freaking great dudes. I mean, we had the show with them and, uh, Charlie from 1940s in the same show, the amount of knowledge that was being thrown around uh, Pete and I's head were spinning, you know, at the time we didn't have Steve. And the amount of science that was being told was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, centrifuges and yeast cultures. And I'm like, oh, I, you're getting into some deep shit. But it was still very interesting. And again, that's the point. We were trying to extract that information out to put it out there because not too many people have the chance to sit down with Ian for a half an hour and talk to him about it. But now you can go enjoy the, the beer at the brewery and then on the way home, throw it in the podcast form listen to in the car and hear all about, you know, run the juice or uh, purple rain or whatever it is that you liked about the brewery. They have all that information out there. And again, that was, that was the point from the first place. So we're still trying to do that. We're still trying to make sure that we get to the bottom of the story of the brewery. And of course the, the history of what went on, but, uh, and all, of course, all the beer that's being, you know, put it out there and kind of what it's made of and what it is. And as much as the bartenders are really great at it, you really want to hear from the brewer. I mean, I want to hear from the guy who actually started boiling the water from the start. And that's, that's awesome. 
some of the characters we've had, you know, it's great. Um, Bobby from Barrier is, is one of the ones that stick out, man. That was a shit show and it was hysterical <laughs> and it was so much fun. Um, and then, you know, even the guys from Naptime, we have uh, Chris from Dubco and the two dudes from Naptime coming in from upstate and they wanted to hang out all night. And I'm like, dude, it's 1 a.m. And I got to get <laughs> work the next day. <laughs> I got to get up at 5.30 the next day to, to, to teach students, kids, you know, little guys. And you want to hang out till like three in the morning after we're already so hammered in the studio. <laughs> I know these guys are just maniacs, just maniacs. And, and those are the types of stories that if you ever listen back to the podcast, you'd see how the progression goes from like eight o'clock till like 11 and beyond. Shit gets so crazy really quick. <laughs> Once you hit it's that so like 10, 30, 11, you're oh. like, all right, I got to make a decision. Then the next beer you have after that, it's like, all right, this is, this is what it is now. Okay. I mean, if you're it, cracking it's, four it's or five, my words. yeah, if you're cracking four or five of those 19 ounce cans of ghost, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. I mean, we they would bring out like the twelve percenter at eleven o'clock, and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta drive home, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> Killing me. Uh, but you know, like every single person has their own personality, so you kind of got to read that right off the bat, and you got to know how to 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 kind of weave it into the next, you know, or direct the traffic. I call it air traffic controlling. My job is to air traffic control. I have Pete to ask the questions that just pop into his brain. And now I have Steve to ask like the brewery or brewer pertinent questions about the real science, about the yeast strain, about the hop strain, and what that means to the beer. So it, it starts with, I guess, me kind of directing the traffic and then him and Pete going through the process of asking the personal questions. You definitely have your podcast and your show down to a science. And I mean, it just works perfectly. But like you said, you don't know what happens two, three hours later when I mean, you're in a room with everybody drinking some nice craft beer, and I, I don't blame it. I mean, let, let the train go off its tracks. Let, let everyone just – That's it. You know, <laughs> and that's like some of the best content is the stuff that's just not scripted or not prepared, um, especially if, you again, if you're cracking open a couple double, triple IPAs, uh, which reminds me, if next time you're in Greenport, you got to grab Hop Nami. Hop Nami. Oh, yeah, I've had Hop Nami. Hop Nami is like one of my favorites. There, I – was just there and they're like, oh, we're, we're putting out a new batch in like two, three weeks. I was like, that's what I need. That's what I need. Bring home a case of that. I saw your post out of the, the uh, Peconic Brewery. I love that, that second satellite site. I mean, it's yeah. fantastic. Big open lawn, uh, food within the same uh, roof. It's, it's awesome. That's a stop. So if I'm going up to Boston on the ferry, on the Orient Point Ferry, I make it a point to stop at the Peconic both on the way out and then on the on way back. The way back. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see because this chances are whatever you brought on the way up is yeah, gone. It's already gone. Well. It's already gone. <laughs> it was good to see them thrive this week because, uh, as you know, in Long Island, phase two just happened. And, I mean, over the past couple months, it's nice seeing like there's still a decent amount of people going to pick up cans and or buy a gift card and buy some merch. But, I mean, this weekend was beautiful. It was sunny in 75. And, I mean, I think social distancing was kind of thrown out the window, but I'm just happy to see, I'm just happy to see all the breweries and uh, even like the local vineyards in the area too, just, you know, do well and uh, kind of make some money back that they lost during this pandemic. It always reminds me of that, uh, that scene from uh, Wedding Crashers where Luke Wilson gets in the back of the cab 
and he goes, oh, the, the, the seatbelt doesn't work. And, the, and what's his face turns around and goes, you're in the back seat, dick. Shut up. <laughs> that reminds me of what we're at. You're, you're outside. Yeah. The, the odds of you being outside and getting it, you know, even within two feet of somebody is so astronomically low. And I'm not pulling from any CDC information possible. I'm just saying, just, <laughs> right. just by my basic knowledge of the way air works, <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's a strong wind and magically someone with it b- blows directly into your mouth, it, it's so very low outside. So I feel like the outside is very safe. I've been saying this because we've had backyard barbecues and we've had other people around. Now that things, like you said, are starting to open up, um, I, I can't keep my kids in my house for any longer before I murder both of them. <laughs> the the outside is the saving grace. Now, what happens in September, October, November, really November time is a whole new ball game and we'll see what happens then. But, um, you know, to be outside is a gift right now. Thank God it happened when it happened and we're able to now go outside, have outdoor dining, have outdoor breweries, enjoy a beer on the street, whatever it is. New York state's done a great job on relaxing the rules a little bit so people can go out and, um, I guess be customers at these places. One of my favorite breweries here on Long Island, Secatog, besides Ghost, no offense, Paul. Um, you know, Secatog's done a great job. They set up all these picnic tables on the side of their building, a uh, couple two tops, couple four tops, or six tops, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and, and it's outside. I mean, you don't need to be up against somebody, you don't need to be uh, a crowded bar. You can still go enjoy the beer, sit down and relax and enjoy the great weather. 73 degrees today was fantastic. You know, why not? I think at this point, as long as you, you know, are, are, I guess, wearing a mask when you're really close to somebody indoors, I think you'll be fine outside. I I really do. And and again, in my personal opinion, I don't want to leave you guys with holding a bag here about you know, bad information, but you know, I don't think too many people are getting it from just being within six feet of people, other people outdoors. I mean, let's, let's see what the tracers say about these protests, but in the end, what, I don't see the harm because there's so much air molecules. I'm, I'm getting scientific, but so many air <laughs> molecules around <laughs> and your, your spit drops quick. And then your, your breath or whatever the moisture is goes straight up into the atmosphere. I mean, I, I think that this is a, a great time for people now to start venturing out to breweries, staying outdoors, staying six feet away, wear your mask when it's appropriate, but enjoy these places because they really need the business. They really need the help and they really want to see the support of the local community. And I think it's, it's up to us to do that. I love it. That's something we've talked about every single episode. We, we usually start off like get your ass out to your local brewery. Um, we had, I feel like we could go on for hours and hours, but I think this is a good place to kind of put a, a bow on it. Um, first of all, oh, got you don't want to go form like our podcast <laughs> in half hours in the future. I mean, we'd love when to we have, have the yeah. opportunity. Yeah. What, what I was going to say is basically the first of the two questions is when are we going to do a war and beers business and balls live event somewhere? We'd yeah, love we to have you guys up to, to long live we'll go and uh find the owners there and fuck just, yeah and get them get up. them on board i'll travel my shit up there no problem <laughs> i got 12 <laughs> microphones what do you need yeah oh that's perfect that we, is perfect uh, <laughs> what, what we need to do is we uh we'll have you up and we'll do uh we'll do a review of some sort and we'll do a live show man this has been fun um yeah. 
of course, with, with your blessing and the wart blessing. <laughs> but, I give you the blessing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, there we go. Um, you have to bless us like with the ghost as the holy water, though. It's perfect. There I already spilt enough on the laptop. <laughs> um, yeah. It, right. Yeah. Be careful. Mm. Be careful. Um, Mike, this has been so fun. Where can our listeners find you and the rest of the gang on social media and how can they get involved in your yeah, content? Yeah, man. Uh, so you can go on to Instagram at uh, the wart. It's all underscores. So the underscore wart underscore a underscore podcast, which is a pain in the ass, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, uh, and then from the Instagram page, actually, I got a link tree in there where you can find all the live programming. So, uh, govsradio.com on every other Monday. Our next show is June 22nd with two villains from Nyack, New York. Uh, we should have a show streaming live through the Governor's Radio uh, Facebook and YouTube account. And then we post everything afterwards on replays through all the major distributors. So iTunes, uh, Spotify, we have the video podcast up on YouTube uh, a day or two after because it's fucking 20 gigs of a four-hour <laughs> show. Oh. Um, and of course, our Twitter account gets you to the Instagram account, which gets you to all the links. And uh, the bigger one, which you guys should definitely, and I'll, I'll, I'll send a good word in, uh, talk to Rob over at the Hopped Up Network. If you guys are doing any beer content, the Hopped Up Network is a global podcast network dealing with craft beer and all the local scenes. So I don't think there's too many. I don't think there's any, actually, now I'm thinking about it, that are in the Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts area that you can hop on and kind of cover that region. Um, yeah, Hopped Up Network is the balls, and they actually attribute for a lot of our listenership. And they're really great dudes that basically invite us to shit. So AC Beer Fest happened only because of the Hopped Up Network. And they invited us specifically down for the show because of our format. And, you know, moving forward, we love what they've done for us. They promote, they constantly host and, uh, you know, redistribute everything that we do. So definitely check out the hoppedupnetwork.com. And for all your regional podcast needs. If you want to go to West Coast and listen to a, hop, uh, a podcast about beer on the West Coast, Arizona, uh, Minnesota, in the middle of the country, somewhere around Northern Texas, there's stuff down in Florida. They, they have and stuff in Nicaragua, stuff down in wow. Peru. Denver's a big place too for that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, you know? 100%. yeah. 100%. I mean, they got, they got stuff all over. If you, you want to find out the, uh, the local beer scene in a specific region, Go into the Hop Up Network and find the podcast that covers that region. Uh, Buffalo, New York, the guys up there do a great job. Um, layover, uh, Lager Layover or Layover Hangover, whatever it is, they do a great <laughs> job in um, Florida. So, yeah, I mean, anywhere you want to go, check out the Hop Up Network for the, the information. And, again, same thing with us. They, a lot of these guys are getting the brewer information um getting the beer information and then of course you know getting the backstory and having a little fun with it so you can kind of you know expedite the experience a little bit before you travel there and go enjoy the beer so i mean everywhere you can find you know social media you can find us the wart a podcast or the wart with mike pete and steve check it out and uh we'll be there just do a google search and we pop up right away awesome well mike thank you so much for spending the time with us uh, we'll definitely have you guys all on the future. 
um, both Pete and Steve as well. And we will definitely be talking to you about a live show because that would be fucking sweet. That'd Those be... ball lickers did not <laughs> join the fucking show, which that's I- That's all right. That's all right. Although that Zoom information changed since we got- <laughs> That's true. Uh, everyone jump over to the beer narrator because he's running his live show <laughs> right now. So go check out Scott uh, hanging out and doing his uh, weekly uh, quiz show. I'll give him a quick plug. There we go. There we go. Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. Thanks, guys. All right, folks, that was Mike O'Toole from the Warp Podcast. He was an awesome guy. I think he's, uh, he, he really has a great grasp on the beer industry and, and what's upcoming and some trends and all that good stuff. And we're going to do a live show, I promise you. Some brewery in Rhode Island, we're going to do it. Uh, for sure. So that'll be fun. We'll keep you updated on anything that they, they bring to us and we'll pass it along. So without further ado, we're going to go into our second beer interview of the day. This is Ryan Denson. He is the Boston beer guy, Boston underscore beers on Instagram. Uh, he's another really, really intelligent guy. He's also a fellow Sigma Chi uh, from Hobart College. So we certainly appreciate that. Um, being from the same fraternity as him. So without further ado, let's get right into Ryan Denson. All right, folks, we now go to another beer guest. So you're in for a real treat if you like beer for sure. We've got the man known as the Boston Beer Guy. It's Boston underscore beers on Instagram. And his name is Ryan Denson. Ryan, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I know that from the beginning of when you guys started, I, I've been messaging you back and forth. So I'm glad that we finally found a time to, to kind of chat. So yeah, 100%. And I remember the origin of our relationship goes back to, I think it was one of us DM'd you and was like, we need yeah. to send you some of our beer. Where can we send it? And then we just never followed up. So that, that's great on us. You um, got to get it over. I'll try it. Yeah. So We'll dive into a lot of, we'll go back to that in particular for sure, but Boston Beer Guy, you've got close to a thousand followers on Instagram from beers. So yeah. what's your secret? You know, what, what is Boston underscore beers? What does the Boston Beer Guy do? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll kind of give you the origin story of Boston beer. So graduated Hobart and, and as Jake said, I'm a Simakai over there. And so by my senior year, my senior spring, well, one of my professors and I decided we wanted to make an independent study. And the independent study was uh, craft beers of the Finger Lakes. So it entailed of us going to different breweries and drinking their beers and rating it on tap. So I ended up starting an Instagram called Craft Me Outside. And it was from that uh, the one girl who was on, I think it was like Dr. Phil or something. Yeah. who was like, catch me outside. And uh, it was a funny name. And, you know, we went to different places like Two Goats, Lucky Hair, Rooster Fish, Climbing Binds, which I actually worked at. I worked at a brewery. So that was kind of how I fell in love with craft beer. Nice. Um, nice just rating beer and putting things on. And then from there, I actually graduated college and I switched the, the Instagram over to a, a, a name DNM Brewing. Um, my, one of my best friends, Jason, and I actually started brewing. We made around seven different beers, some raspberry sours, a, a double IPA, a New England IPA. And, and from there, you know, I kind of moved out and I got a little bit away from the um, actual craft beer uh, making process and I turned it into Boston beer. So you know, it's kind of, I was fortunate enough to have the name, but yeah, I mean, ultimately what I do um, on the actual Instagram is 
I just buy a lot of really local New England. So from like Rhode Island, all the way up to Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts beers. And, uh, and I rate them. I, I drink them and I, and I take cool photos of them. And it's gotten me some good success. I, I've been invited to a few events, one of which was like the night shift brewing opening of their Lovejoy Wharf was the press night. Um, a lot of other people like the Mass Brew, Bo uh, Mass Brew Brothers, as well as like the Boston Beer Girl were all there. So it was kind of cool. And then, um, you know, I've had companies or, or breweries actually reach out to me and, and post my photos and, and whatnot and free beer here and there. So it's been, it's been a fun journey. That's awesome. And that's actually something I didn't know. I th did you say it was craft me outside the beginning of the origins of the account? Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. Craft me outside. And <laughs> it, was just, it was, it was really funny. I, I got a lot of laughs, but you know, it, it kind of morphed into D&M Brewing and then it morphed into Boston Beer where we are today, which is, you know, primarily a lot of my followers know me as the Boston, Boston Beer guy. And, you know, when I go out to different breweries or, or bars or anything like that, you know, people do, you know, recognize me here and there, but, you know, it's more kind of like a silent, silent sort of thing. That's incredible. And I am realizing now, I think I see over your left shoulder, is that a Sip of Sunshine logo back there by any chance? <laughs> yeah, I'm in my dad's office, actually. So <laughs> Sip of Sunshine here, we have a boss, we have a, a Budweiser dartboard, and then we have a, a Budweiser tap, a Foster's tap, a Stein, a Jenny C. Cream Ale, and... I think a Budweiser ice tap that I got from my dad. So yeah, we're a big beer family, which is fun. So it's safe to say that this was kind of your destiny almost, right? I'm curious to see where your love for craft beer and doing this kind of stuff kind of started. Was it something that um, you mentioned you're in your dad's office right now and he's got all this stuff. So is it something that you and your dad would experience growing up or was it more um, just kind of going out there and getting acquainted with all these local places. Yeah. So I, it started in college, man. I mean, it was one of those things where, as I mentioned, I worked for a company, I worked for a company called Climbing Vines and, you know, one of my fraternity brothers would bring me there, um, you know, and he would introduce me to the people. And when he left, I started kind of taking over the relationship, learning about the different craft beer process. You know, I did a little bit of like an apprenticeship with the brewer. So I kind of got into brewing pretty early on. He kind of had me, you know, do a few things and errands for him. And then I started working there. So that's kind of where the craft beer loving for me started. And then from there, I actually, my dad was a big and, and an exclusive Budweiser drinker. Like most dads in the boomer age, they all love <laughs> Budweiser, American-made beer. And, and then, you know, I came home and I had a few growlers of, uh, of climbing vines and it really changed his way. And so now he, you know, his favorite beers are, you know, like Hetty Topper and he loves Sip of Sunshine and Fiddlehead and, you know, Trillium and Treehouse. I mean, all the big beers now. So, you know, now it's one of those things, not only do I do it myself, but you know, my dad and I kind of bond over it and, you know, I'll bring him new craft beers to try. And, you know, he tried all my homebrew. So that's kind of where the whole love of it started and, and how Boston beers has gotten where it is now. So Boston beers, if you guys look it up on Instagram, you'll see a lot of these artsy pictures and shit. I'm looking at one right now. That's literally, I think that's, a, is that Danko from exhibit a uh, yeah. with the cigar on the top? We might yeah. have reposted it too. Cause it was just dope, but it was um, awesome. <laughs> I'm curious too, where does your content inspiration from uh, come from too? And what's your kind of angle at giving people the content? Is it just like, yeah, I took a picture and it's incredible. So I'm putting it up or is there uh, is there a little bit more meaning behind it? No, I mean, it actually kind of, so the, if you look prior to March of 2020, you know, the pictures were decent, you know, they were good, um, but they really started kicking off 
and with the coronavirus, I mean, I came, you know, I moved home, you know, just kind of, you know, working from home is a little bit easier. You know, I'm from just kind of just out, out of uh, Boston. And uh, I found this camera that I used to have. It was a Sony DSLR A390, which is a pretty top of the line camera at, at, during that time. I think it's like 10 years old. And, you know, the inspiration was just kind of going around my house and, and finding cool things and being able to, to use the different lenses I have to, you know, get the beers into focus. And I think there was one that I put on my story that was of a treehouse uh, beer inside in between two of my actual treehouse um, like two by fours or, or, you know, pillars that I had. And so it was more of just kind of the creativity of, you know, of anything, you know, finding different things and new creations. I mean, you know, I had, I had a beer today where one was treehouse and I ended up making a photo or a video of it, like going in, you know, in the different flowers. So I think it's more of just kind of the creativity of, you know, knowing what to do with the, with the beers and, and how to kind of contrast different colors. So that's kind of the mostly of what I do. And then the captions itself, it's so hard to write funny and good captions these days. So, you know, I usually just say a few words and then rate the beer and put a ton of hashtags on it, which, which ends up working out. So what do you think off the top of your head without even looking back at your posts, what's the best caption you've written so far? Oh God. Um, because I just thought of that as soon as you said it, I go, he's got to have a good one-liner or something. In there. Let me, I'm going to, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take a quick look. Oh, I, don't know, right. I, I really don't know off the top of my head. There have been a few. Um, I think the best one I had was Mayflower Brewing. It was April showers bring Mayflower brew. Oh, okay. That was a pretty okay. good one kind of integrating with different things. But, you know, one for um, Lord Hobo was it's uh, their, uh, their hazy orange IPA was it's important to get a lot of vitamin C at this time. So I choose <laughs> to just drink Lord Hobo Angelica hazy orange IPA instead. So, you know, kind of using the, the beers in a different, you know, different light. And not for nothing, you also gave that a like almost a nine out of 10 to that one, which yeah. I think is, that's probably one of the best pictures you've taken too, honestly, with the, the orange slices and everything. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really cool stuff. Um, You're getting very creative. <laughs> I love it. Moving into, the, let's talk about beer. Uh, yeah. we, we've been talking about social media and whatnot, but let's talk about beer now. Um, I want to know what your go-to beer is for this time of year. I think the cop-out that I always do is like, oh, I need a, like a hazy New England IPA or something like that. But to be honest with you, it is mine, the favorite beer for this time. So I'm curious, maybe if you have a particular style you like to drink right now, or maybe a selection from a certain brewery, let's hear it. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the, the normal beers that are refreshing that you, that you really want to crush on in the summer is, you know, hazy New England IPAs. But the, the thing that I've been getting into and with every season, you find that there are different beers that kind of pop up that you haven't tried, you know, sometimes right now, a nice Pilsner works yeah. really well. You know, I, I'm a big Bud Light guy. When I want cheap, crappy beer, I go Bud Light. And I don't think it's a crappy beer. Just, you know, kind of pointing that out first. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I literally have one right here. I just crushed one. But um, <laughs> I think, I mean, right now, anything from Treehouse or Trillium. Trillium is good. I love Trillium. But sometimes it can be a little bit too heavy for this time of year, which really summery. You know, I like a good Shandy. I like a good you know, I like the seltzers, you know, those are, those are good too. But in terms of the craft beers, um, I've actually been getting into a lot of the, the, the kettle sours and the, the Berlin Weisses, you know, so Trillium has this incredible series called daily servings. And what they do is they just mash a crap ton of fruit into these beers. And there was one that we had, or my girlfriend and I, we love this sort of, um, 
series from them. He just came out with like a fruit punch one that's like like strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, like watermelon. Like it's a whole combination of things. And those things you can just, I mean, they had one called Twice the Daily Servings, which was an 8% Berlin Weiss. And it was just like drinking a smoothie. Mm. Um, <laughs> yep. I think those right now are pretty good. I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty warm where I am right now, and I'm drinking a a, a lights on American Pale Ale from Treehouse, and it, it's very refreshing. So, yeah. you know, I would say this time of year, it's definitely either you know the Bud Lights just for you know hanging out at you know at the at the pool or at the beach or anything like that. But you know, I, I really like um, specific things. Burlington Beer Company actually is, um, I don't know if you've heard of this company, but um, up in Vermont, they are, they kind of slide on the radar sometimes. They have an incredible selection of uh, hazy IPAs, double IPAs, and um, actually sours that people kind of, you know, they'll see it in the stores, they might not go at it. And my, my buddy, Matt Loundon, he, uh, he kind of got me onto them and they have a great selection. And then I always get whenever I can find those. Um, they're just, you know, they're just great. I, I love those guys up there. So I think those types of beers are really kind of what is right now. What do you think is the under the radar area? And I'm actually not sure where you're from in Massachusetts, but yeah. it, is it close to the city at all or? Uh, so I live in the city, but where I am from is a little bit out in Western Mass. It's, right. it's kind of Middlesex County, um, it's a small place called Acton Mass. So Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I'm curious to see, and you can make a selection then from either Boston or the Acton area, which I, I know is definitely like that Middlesex County area. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many, I, I think there's quite a few actually in that area. Um, yeah, of craft breweries. So this is your time to plug one from either, or, or maybe even both, you know, somewhere under the radar in the city and then out in the country where you are. If there's anything good that you think might be under the radar, let's go ahead and give it a plug. Yeah. Um, so there's, and I'll, and I'll do two. So there's one brewery that I really like that's very small. Um, they're called, I'm, they're, they're not small. They're distributing now. They're called Dorchester Beer Company. Sure. Um, I love those guys. They have done an incredible um, addition to their tap room. And, and the cool thing about them and why I really like Dorchester Beer Company, and I actually just bought a bunch of it uh, the other day, is that not only do they brew in-house, they actually contract brew. So hmm. there's places like Medusa, which is in Hudson, Mass., Radiant Pig, which is in New York. They'll actually reach out to them and they'll say, hey, we'll contract your, uh, your beer. We'll brew your beer for you and we'll sell it um, on tap. And they actually just put on a crazy extension where they made it a hot observatory. So it's basically this nice. um, like roof over their brewery that allows for 24 seven outdoor seating. And why I put it in air quotes is because it's basically like, you know, if you have a greenhouse on top of, or your greenhouse in anywhere, you know, you have windows and everything like that. So, you know, they have an outdoor deck patio. So I think those guys are definitely you know, not under the radar, they're pretty known, but you know, I, I brought Dorchester Brewing to a bunch of friends and they had no idea who they were. So I would say Dor- DB Co, Dorchester Brewing. All right. Yeah. That's probably, on my list now. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in Boston. And then I would say outside of Boston, I mean, there's a bunch, I mean, there's abandoned brewing, there's idle hands, there's, you know, Medusa, but I think the one that I really like and, and, you know, you can get them kind of wherever is, is greater good Imperials. Um, you know, greater good is out of Worcester. They are known for pretty much only doing IPAs and they have this one IPA that's brewed with raspberries Ooh. and it's, 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 it knocks it out of the park. I mean, wow. I love 
that beer. So I would say greater good kind of going in the West, but also like abandoned brewery. And then a real big sleeper that people don't know is Wachusett Brewing. So yeah, everyone, everyone knows Wachusett Brewing. You got the Wally juice, you got the classic Wachusett blueberry. Oh my God. There's, there's nothing, there's like nothing better than sitting outside on a patio with a couple of floating blueberries, man. Exactly. They actually have done something pretty revolutionary right now. And if you've ever gone to the Wachusett area or the Princeton Mass area, their beer selection, they have like 40 beers on tap in their tap room. And some beers you can never try anywhere else. They have nowhere else. But because of the coronavirus, they actually made something called the Brew Woods. They opened up their entire woods area, cleared a bunch of trees, put a bunch of picnic tables. So now they have an outdoor seating in their, in their, just their woods. And they have done it a very efficient way, but you know they also have their own little place in Boston, um, a little like their their Airstream. Um, but they're like a company that everyone knows, but they don't know when you go to the actual brewery, you're not going to get the normal beers. You're going to get these. They have stouts, they have pilsners, they have all these crazy beers they're trying. They have, I think they have like a line of their own seltzers. They're those guys are doing doing wonders out there in Wachusett. So I love I love those guys as well. God, I'm like, I want to go out on my porch and find a Wachusett Blue somewhere, just pour it and sit there and admire the scenery. (laughs) That's, uh, I forget now, I don't know how much you go down to like the Rhode Island area, but a little bit. So you've been to Fall River, I take it now. Uh, no, I have not been to Fall River. Okay, gotcha. There is a place that, uh, and I hate Fall River, I'll make that, I'll put that out there, but, (laughs) um, there's a little place over there called the Cove. Okay. the best place to just sit like I when I think of what choose at Blueberry I think of yeah. myself just parked right out on the water <sighs> an, an ice cold beer in the summer man oh my that's amazing God. yeah I can only imagine the the ones in uh, in Rhode Island that I'm very familiar with there there's two specific ones Tilted Barn and Proclamation oh sure those, yeah. those are the two that I've heard have been one of the best I'm going to try to go down there soon but I've heard those guys are are really good Tilted Barn's good, and I actually don't know what they did with all of this, and I actually don't even know what they do in the su- or in the winter too, because it's very outdoor. If you've been there, yeah. it's uh, it's basically just they've got their taps in a farmhouse pretty much, and you go get your beer, you sit outside next to the pond, and awesome. you bring yeah, oh, it's incredible. You bring you bring some food, you bring a blanket, you bring whatever, you can bring wine for the girls, whatever, right? But. Um, and then Proclamation too, really cool. They renovated a warehouse pretty much, made it, uh, given a nice facelift. And um, if you ask Will about Proclamation uh, and I, I probably think it's top five in Rhode Island. I think there are better beers, but uh, they, they are really weird because a lot of people in Rhode Island either love them or they hate them. There's no it's real. Like a, it's, yeah, it's, it's either or, I think, for them. What, what would you say is your number one in Rhode Island then? We are big fans of Long Live Beer Works. That, that's okay. our. Yeah, that is our place. We live about five minutes away from there, too. But um, they, I will say Rhode Island is a phenomenal IPA state, a phenomenal state for IPAs. Which I'm, is, I'm looking at them right now. I definitely want to get down there. They look great. These beers look awesome. Yeah. Well, we just got off with the Wart guys before, and they we're going to try to host a live show some at some brewery in Rhode Island. So come down and give us your review when that time comes. Oh, yeah. Um, what I'm curious is we're kind of um, moving towards the latter half here. Yeah. What, um, to wrap it up maybe, do you think, let me rephrase. 
We had a discussion that I, I actually wanted to bring up with the work guys too and didn't get to, but there's a lot of these small niches that are coming out in beer and business and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, you, you see a lot of the direct to market delivery of craft beer, uh, a lot of different places. We were just talking about that um, in Rhode Island. You're not seeing it a lot, but places like Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, you, you actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one of a hundreds of different trends in this market. So I'm curious to hear your perspective. Have you noticed anything maybe um, nationally or regionally where you are that you think is going to be an up and coming trend, I guess, if you will, if you don't have a, an answer, that's totally fine too, but curious. Yeah. Agree. I mean, to be honest with you, I think the, the, the up and coming trend has always been the new England IPA. And, and it's one of those things where, it's always a cop-out, but I, my, my old brewery climbing vines up North, you know, I always suggested they do a new England IPA and they finally did it. And so I think that's kind of a universal, I mean, you're, you're not seeing people brewing a lot of West coast IPAs, you know, out, out you know, in, in the new England area or even like in Ohio or any kind of those areas. So I think the, the advancement of new England IPAs is an upcoming trend outside of the new England area. Now, I think what a lot of companies are finding is, people love sour beers. Mm. It's a weird trend. We don't know why people like it, but it's tart, it's delicious, and it's smooth. So I think we're going to see a lot more companies coming out with these kettle sours, these Berlin Weisses. It's just incredible to see these sort of breweries that I've been to. You know, Idle Hands has this, you know, Idle Hands has had an, an, an extraordinary Kind of journey. They, they, they had a, a tough start and then someone came in and pretty much turned them around and they have this whole um, series of beers now, which is this whole collaboration series that is just incredible. And they've come out with some great sours, you know, Mighty Squirrel has some great sours. So I think, you know, the trends that breweries need to hop on is to not only just do IPAs, but also do a variety of different beers. You know, I think a successful brewery at this time right now needs to have, you know, an IPA, a New England IPA, a lager, a Pilsner, a stout, a porter, you know, really expanding on different things. Cause you know, you might come in and you might have a big party of people who only want to try porters or stouts and you know, you're not going to be able to supply them. And I think that a lot of the successful breweries and, and I kind of mentioned Mighty Squirrel, you know, those guys have a whole range of what they can do. They have IPAs, they have, you know, different Berlin Weisses, they have different you know, porters and stouts and anything you can kind of think of and you know robust beers that you wouldn't be normally trying and i think that's kind of where the direction is going is to more of those new england and and sours but also having that variety of different beers at your brewery wow i think we're gonna have to have you back on for a full episode on just that too just on breaking down <laughs> breweries and, forever about yeah that. no literally and i'm i'm disappointed we can only do 20 to 25 minutes today but oh, um this has been real fun uh, real quick before we round it out yeah do you think the seltzers are going to pop up too? Because you just made a great point about how you need to have that variety. And we talk about seltzers on our show all the time. First of all, I wish Will was on this interview because he is a sucker for sours. So that's another day too. I think the next episode with us should be sours and um, (laughs) basically. Oh my God. Have a whole discussion about that. I I can locked and loaded. (laughs) Um, But the seltzer train, are you in on it? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I love a good seltzer. I mean, I, again, I am a big plug for Bud Light. Bud Light seltzers is definitely my favorite <laughs> seltzer, but you know, not only that, I mean, you see night shift coming out with seltzers. Wachusett's got seltzers out there. You know, Labatt Blue just came out with a bunch of seltzers. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, Natty uh, Light yeah. has seltzers. I think, I think it's good. I think that large breweries like the Anheuser-Busch's, you know, the, the ones that can support a seltzer actual distribution and a seltzer, you know, you know, out of their pyramid of different beers, have one being a seltzer, go for it. I think that the world needs more seltzers that are actually good, but I don't think small craft breweries that are like a treehouse they shouldn't go into seltzers. It's trillium, they shouldn't go into seltzers. Right. But if you're, if you're a company that, you know, has the capital and has the actual equipment and, you know, the bandwidth to sustain actual what you have on on tap and then go into seltzers i think it's a no-brainer i mean every single person wants a seltzer low calorie you know low calorie and, and a medium-sized abv but i think what needs to happen is i think they need to cut down on the sugar in, in the seltzers because sometimes those yeah. hangovers after a bunch of seltzers <laughs> are just incredibly terrible <laughs> it's brutal so, yeah <laughs> for sure I think... i'm on the train i'm on the train for sure yeah, 100%. It's a nice summer way, in my opinion. And we'll, again, we're going to have a long, nice long conversation about this at some other point where we can all get <laughs> together. Exactly. But um, hey, thanks for coming on so much, Ryan. Uh, to close out, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and uh, how they can engage with you. Yeah, so find me on Instagram at Boston underscore beers. It's also on Twitter. I'm more focused on um, on Instagram and and DM me. I mean, if anyone has any questions about New England beers, what's kind of the the good places to go? I also do uh, for people. I do tours for them in terms of let me know where you're coming into Boston and your time limit for a day, and I'll give you all the breweries you need to try. That's dope. Yeah. So I've actually had it before. I had some guy say he was flying into Boston. What are the places he needs to go? And I gave him like 15 breweries to try. And you know, I told him where they are and the kind of location. So I'll do that as well. But yeah, I mean, feel free to drop me a DM, like, follow everything, comment. You know, I'm, I'm here to engage with listeners and I'll, and I'll, and I'll talk to anyone who wants to talk about beer. Wow. You've got to start charging for that, man. That's like a, a whole tour experience. It's just, you know what it's for me, it's fun and I don't mind doing it. So I think it's, it's a good way to give back to people if they're, if they're, if they're not from the Boston area or just even looking for advice. Um, and if you have any questions about, you know, how to start your own, you know, beer Instagram in your state, let me know. I got, I got ideas as well. There you have it, folks. That's Ryan Denzen from Boston Beers, also known as the Boston Beer Guy. Ryan, thanks for your time. We're going to have you back on real soon. Hey, cheers, buddy. I look forward to it. All right, that was Ryan Denson of Boston Beers on Instagram, another great guy. Uh, we're going to be certainly having him back on in the future to discuss some beer and some other things as well. So uh, that was episode 11. Hope we hope you enjoyed all the beer for sure. We certainly did. Um, let's finish out with Positivity Corner. Got a really good one for you. Will usually takes care of this, so I, this is pretty new to me, but I think I found something good. Over in France, they trained a couple of dogs to sniff out COVID-19 in people and humans. And they did a whole big test of, I, I guess, I'm not sure what exactly the sample size was, but they trained dogs to detect COVID-19 in human sweat, which is just crazy. Uh, they were Belgian Malinois or Malinois or something. I don't know how to pronounce it, but they were basically like German Shepherds pretty much to 
they they train them to sniff out the virus in the sweat of infected people, and it was near perfect the amount they got it. They got around ninety five percent of the samples samples right, and then four of those dogs successfully identified a positive COVID sweat sample, a hundred percent of the time. That's nuts. You can train dogs to sniff out a virus. That that's a game changer. Cause then you bring them in. Think about how many places you see dogs. You see them with cops on the streets. You see them in airports sniffing out, you know, for drugs and and firearms and gunpowder and things like that. If you could teach them to sniff out coronavirus, this has just got a whole lot more interesting. You have those COVID dogs in airports and stuff walking around the the little. Uh, harnesses that say do not pet like they're just gonna say covid dog on it or something that's funny but i thought that was positive news and uh, as this whole nonsense goes on and we adjust to the new normal because phase three is about to happen in rhode island so this is basically entirely back to normal just wearing a mask for now and you got to be thankful for um for good leadership across the board to make it happen and the, a lot of the nation's gonna Hopefully follow suit. Um, be safe, everybody. Of course, the, with more of the summer activities that I know I'm going to be participating in. Like, I'm going to be going back to the beach soon. I'm going to be going to some some parties and whatnot. Just just be vigilant and, and take the right precautions, especially if you're around parents and relatives that are, might be older or grandparents. If you're going somewhere, just take a couple of days to, to lay off and make sure you're not sick so you're not bringing that shit back into the house. It's that simple. That's what I'm going to try to be doing and um, start wearing fucking masks, people, too. It's kind of getting ridiculous that people just don't believe in these masks anymore. And that's that's not good. Just wear the mask. I'm not personally sold on how much it does, but I am sold on just helping out the community to reopen stuff. Like I want sports down the road. I, I want football to start in August. I want a... (laughs) I want a football season with some fans and players. I I want them to get on the field. That's it. And if we don't wear masks, they're going to, and the numbers go up, they're going to blame it on that. And, and then it's not going to be good for anyone. So wear your mask, be safe, uh, be kind to each other. Don't be a dick. Um, That's really all we've got for episode 11. Episode 12 is going to be really good. Another great guest. We're it will be college basketball oriented in nature. We're going to be talking a lot of cool stuff. And we're also going to be dropping some news too. So you're going to want to stick around for that. We might have a couple special guests on next week too. Um, that's all for episode 11. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is the dot podcast. Twitter is the underscore BBB underscore podcast. Stick around for some good content. Uh, DM us, keep the engagement high, review us on the place that you listen to your podcasts so we can deliver better content to you. That's Will, somewhere else that can't talk in the interest of me signing this off appropriately. But that's Will. I'm Jake. So long, folks. (laughs) 